You're listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between a fit body and positive mental health. And our big mission, it's to help 10,000 runners to develop fitter minds in the next two years. I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. Welcome to this episode of the Fit Mind Fit Body Podcast. Today we talk to Isabel Ross. One of the things I love that Isabel said was that running can teach us that we are so much more infinitely capable than we give ourselves credit for. Enjoy. Today on Fit Mind Fit Body, I'm delighted to introduce everybody to Isabel Ross. Hello, how are you? I'm good, Michelle. How about you? I'm awesome. Thank you. And welcome to the podcast. Thank um, you your, very much. Your referral, which is awesome. I love meeting new people this way. It's been quite fascinating to dig into people's backgrounds and to get to know them because we already know we have one thing in common and that's our love of running. So it's yes, fun. Absolutely. Fun way to meet people and have conversation. <laughs> Totally and, funny. you know, and um, we discussed before you started recording that, you know, I have my own podcast, so it's nice for once to be interviewed instead of being the interviewer because, you know, it's just so much easier. You can just sit back and ask. I can just sit back and relax. Right, just answer the questions. I love yeah, it. That's it. Well, I'm so glad that I could do that for you. <laughs> All right, let's start with from the start. Where did you grow up, Isabel? I grew up, well, I mean, I was born in Scotland and um, we came out to Australia when I was one um, and um, because my parents couldn't choose where to live overseas. <laughs> so because my dad was Scottish, my mom was German and he didn't want to live in Germany and she didn't want to live in Scotland. So we moved oh, to Australia. So you moved somewhere in between. Oh, no, yes. a long way away. <laughs> a long way away from everyone's family. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, um, so we, I grew up in Baldwin um in uh you know yeah in Baldwin and that was a very like, we were the only, yeah we were the only euros in the area and kind of you know I was I was born in Melbourne just sort of ah. you know. uh, sorry in Baldwin not just oh, Melbourne. Where you? that's why oh, I knew yeah. where Baldwin was there you go well I was north <laughs> Baldwin so um awesome. sort of closer to Doncaster but um but yeah we were kind of the the euro family in the area which you know was very unusual in those days and um yeah so that's basically where I grew up just standard you know suburbia suburban Melbourne yeah. um do you have any siblings yeah I've got two older sisters okay and so when you went to school which is what we talk about a lot in the podcast to get started what kind of sport did you do at school like you're just the standard Nothing. stuff I assume but <laughs> Well, I mean, I do remember playing softball um, in inter-school sport because, you know, I had to choose a sport. Yeah. I was not a sporty child. Mm. Um, my family, being European, we weren't, we didn't know or understand AFL. I mean, I, I know that they every Monday they'd play the AFL songs, you know, of all the teams that played and the teams that won, and I remember hearing them. But um, I didn't play sport. Um, my family, I grew up, you know, we'd go bushwalking. That's what we did. But um, sport in general, like I only did sport as part of schooling, like PE. Yeah. We didn't have PE teachers. We just, you know, played sport. And I was always the unco kid who 
couldn't catch a ball, couldn't throw a ball, was last running, was last chosen for every team. And, um, yeah, I was just and, – and it got worse because I became short-sighted in um, grade four, quite short-sighted. And, of course, um, I refused to wear glasses because I didn't want to be a nerd. Um, mind you, I was a nerd, but um, <laughs> I didn't want everyone to know that. So I, that made it even harder to catch a ball or throw a ball because I couldn't see it. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, so I was – yeah, I was – I was not a sporty child. And as kids, I mean, I think I'm a little bit older than you, but as kids when I was at school, (laughs) balls were a big part of sport. I mean, there there is obviously athletics and running, which we're talking about, but sport, especially in Australia, seemed to often involve whether it was netball or softball or football or... Well, I have never in my entire life played a game of netball or basketball or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I just was not, not sporty. And when you had to do things like, you know, the cross country and the school carnival, did you have to do it or did you, like in your school environment? No, I do remember, I don't remember, like I didn't do cross country. Certainly in high school, I never did cross country. I remember one year at the school athletics carnival, um, I had to be captain of a team of a relay team and we were a group of four running around the oval and, um, and um, I just remember, because, you know, I only had to probably run 200 metres and that nearly freaking killed me and I hated it. <laughs> and, and my team was just all the crap, slow kids, unco kids, because oh. no one else wanted to be on my team. Oh. <laughs> I mean, and that's not to say I was unpopular. I had lots yeah. of friends in primary school. Everyone just knew I was no good at sport and didn't like sport. And, so and I just, you know, certainly once I got into high school, I just wagged PE pretty much every lesson um, that I could. Yeah. And, um, yeah, no, I was um, not sporty not. at all. So uh, your siblings, were they also? Were well, what's interesting is my sister, the middle sister, because I'm the youngest, she was um, in high school really good at cross country and you know would win races and she was really fit and everything and um you know she was really good at that my elder sister was really into hockey and really good at hockey I was I just like to read books basically that's what I like to do I mean because it's not like then that you didn't have you know examples around you it yeah, was, no, yeah. You know, that was yeah. still it was so it was your own personal preference really yeah yeah no I was cool. just not um not interested but I mean in saying that you know like um I would ride my bike and walk everywhere mm. because my parents wouldn't drive me anywhere so you know when I was living in Ball and I would walk to um you know Doncaster and those sorts of mm. things and um uh, and um we would walk you know, to get to McDonald's in Baldwin on Baldwin Road from North Baldwin. And it was, you know, a half an hour, 45 minute walk for us to get there. You know, we were, I would do, I would walk and ride everywhere. So it wasn't like I was physically inactive. Yeah. Every, you know, weekend we'd go for a bushwalk for 60 million hours and uh, which I hated, but it was probably really good for my fitness, you know? So um, yeah, it's not that I was inactive. I just, just completely was not interested. And, and I didn't feel like I had a, competitive bone in my body it was more so I didn't like to be part of a team because I felt like I was letting the team down okay well, that's an interesting yeah. thing as well isn't it like that letting the team down and not yeah. wanting to let the team down not wanting that's to be right. the weakest link or whatever it is they yeah. call it in this today anyway um I'm interested a little bit too in the bushwalking element like you 
you said that because that's something I'm in Tasmania and that's um, something that we do a fair bit yeah. and have dragged our children through um, <laughs> now they're grown up and they don't go so much by themselves yet but <laughs> maybe they will they talk about it um, nice. I don't know if they always enjoyed it <laughs> sometimes well well I used to hate it and um you know because we everyone else you know like when I was in primary school after the summer holidays if kids go you know show and tell for what you did on holidays or we went to the Queensland theme parks and we did this and we <laughs> went there and where did you go is when well, we went to Buller and went bushwalking you know it was <laughs> we slept in a tent <laughs> yes well yeah we camped you know and all these people staying at resorts and and I just wanted to be like the other kids you know yeah, and um yeah. But also, you know, when I say we went bushwalking, we would go um, like up to Buller, but we wouldn't stick to the main trails. We would go backcountry bushwalking. So we'd be bush bashing and rock scrambling and um, and we would be out there from, you know, seven in the morning till five at night. And I'm primary school level and, um, you know, and, and my mum would bring us, because she was German, a slab of salami and some dry rye bread to eat, you know. So, and we'd have warm water and these horrible ter- things. That, uh, and it, I just the whole thing, I just, you know. Burns <laughs> something in your head. Do you, um, do you go bushwalking now? Is it? Well, it's kind of my running, I guess. That's kind of. And it's <laughs> but, funny because I always used to go, I'm never going to go to Buller as a grown up unless I go there to ski in the winter. And I was just at Buller you know, just the other day, you know, um, sweeping for um, hut to hut. So, you know, and I go there all the time for running and essentially hiking, you know, and that sort of thing. So oh, it's, funny. you know, it's come full circle. I I now actually appreciate it and, and appreciate what my parents appreciated about yeah. it, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That's fascinating. Oh, look yeah. at us as kids. We're, I know. We're interesting. And we don't... Um, always like this is for all the parents with young children out there just because your children like one particular thing at this moment in time doesn't mean yeah. that in the future they won't you know come around and see that some of the things you've exposed them to so just and, and I like think it you probably set a good um base for my fitness mm. and body strength and, and ability to keep going for hours because I remember whinging and whining and 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 with good reason because it was uh, we would go in summer it'd be 40 degrees and we'd be out for five you know six seven hours and I remember my mum just walking next to me one foot in front of the other one foot you know and these are mantras I use in my running and you know and and I used to we used to get through these walks that were so tough for me when I was little and now and you know a lot of people say I'm mentally tough well I think maybe some of that came from from that you know and I I remember one hike I remember it vividly I was like that's it I've had enough and I sat down on the side of the trail my parents went well we can't there's nothing we can do and I'm like I'm not going any further and they said well like fine and they all walked off of me and I remember (laughs) everyone walked off and I'm sitting there by myself admittedly my dad hid and he took a photo of me sitting there by myself (laughs) crying um but it was like I've got no way of getting out of this without walking. And so I just went and caught back up to them. Yeah. And, and it's the same doing a hundred miler or whatever now. It's like, you know, you yeah, can't now. the only way now is to keep going. And so, you know, I would say that a lot of that has given me the mental strength that I have now. Yeah, that's beautiful. Mm. Um, okay, so when you finish school, what did you do? Like you, when you finished grade 10, grade 11, 12, what did you do? Year 12. So um, I was just partying. 
I was not doing any sports. I was uh, essentially drinking, going out and drinking and partying five days a week. Yeah. Um, and smoking and everything awesome. else. Did you yes. work or did you, what, what were you um, Well, I started doing a hospitality science degree, hence why I was drinking even more. Yeah. And then I decided I didn't want to do that because that meant you had to work all weekend and I didn't want to. So then I worked in a bank for a year. Then I went back to uni and to study teaching. Um, and when I was about 19 or something like that, 20, maybe my partner at the time who became my husband, who's now my ex-husband, but he yeah. had a friend from Sydney who was into mountain biking and she was coming down to Melbourne for a race and we went and watched and I thought that looks like fun. And so um, I took up mountain biking around 20 or something. And that suited me because it was an individual sport. Yeah, yeah. and there was no ball to catch. Yeah, no ball to catch. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank God. Yay. <laughs> and I guess because you were short-sighted is reading, isn't it? Or is that I always no, no, short-sighted is I, I can't see, I couldn't Distance. see far. And and I mean when I was 16, my dad got me contact lenses because he knew I didn't ah, want to wear okay. glasses. So, so and oh my god, it was amazing. Mm. I could see things. Like I could mm. literally not see beyond, you know, a hands width from my face, you know. Mm. I was virtually legally blind, you know. Wow. Um, and so Getting contacts was a game changer. And then when I was in my early 20s, I got, oh, no, it must have been later because I had kids by then. I had at least one. I can't remember. I got laser surgery anyway. um, And that was a bigger game changer because I'm not good at looking after contact lenses. (laughs) I do hear that's a pain. (laughs) It is a pain. And, and, um, I mean, things improved when you got disposables and all that. But, um, yeah, you know, so yeah, so that that certainly changed everything, and and you know my hand eye coordination has has improved. <laughs> well, I was thinking on a bike, if your eyesight yes. had been still quite poorly, depending, yes. especially mountain biking is what well, you said. Well, mountain biking was hard because the glasses would bounce on your face, but the contact lenses would bounce on your eyeballs. Oh, so wow. even with you know ways of seeing, it still was hard mountain biking um, when you're short sighted because. You couldn't see properly when you're on really rough and rugged terrain. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What did you do with your mountain biking? What? Where did that um, take you? Well, you know that um, that got me to love being fit and going out and doing stuff. And um, I would train for that, and I would race downhills, cross country, and um, I would race, you know, Cairns and up New South Wales, and you know, all around Victoria. And um, I did quite well, you know, I was, you know, one of the top riders at the time. Admittedly, it was, you know, not a heap of women in it. I don't know how many women are now, but, you know, I had a lot of fun and and it really helped me and I, um, it really helped my belief in my abilities, you know, my physical capabilities. And um, I got really fit and strong and and all those sorts of things. you know, so yeah, it was it was good. It was kind of the the gateway drug for me for fitness, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, what work did you do at the time? Um, I was well. I was studying, and then I was working at um, at kindergartens. Okay, so you you stayed in the teaching arena. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, where you yeah. Went to? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I, what I noted there was you were talking about competitive stuff. Yeah. 
Whereas you said at school, you didn't feel that competitive. So there was something about the mountain biking that made you want to go off and explore it and see how good you were and whether you could race. Because essentially I was just relying on me, you know, and just, and not having anyone, I, to let down, you know, like, you know, and that sort of thing. Um, So, you know, I could just race and it didn't affect other people and I could run, not run, ride and do what I wanted, you know. Um, And so, so that was, that was that, you know, but um, I ended up having a fall um, one time. I, you know, I fell a lot as you do in my parking. You know, if you're not pushing yourself hard enough, then you'll never, well, the reason you fall a lot is because you're pushing yourself and you've got to push that limit all the time. Um, but um, one time I fell and I, I went over the handlebars and it was quite a bad fall because I dislocated my hips and fractured a vertebrae and um, that sort of thing. And and I kind of lost that competitive drive after that. I was just, because it, it, it really shook me up and um, yeah. and I didn't mountain bike for much longer after that, to be honest. So, so how old were you when that um, incident happened? 22 23 I can't really remember so you're pretty competitive like three or four years or something something yeah 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 so probably about 23 ish 24 is when I gave up the mountain biking yeah and then and I would still ride a bit for fun but not not for racing and then you were by then a teacher yeah yeah so um gosh what was it well god I don't know I think because I know when my son was born I was still working at kindergartens. So, yeah, yeah. so no, I was still teaching kinder. Yep. All right. Because yeah. I got later into primary school and that sort of stuff. But yeah. 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 Um, so what did sport look like for you after that, after you gave up the mountain? Um, not much, just going to gym and, and that yeah. sort of stuff. So so you did want to go to the gym, like that was a... Yeah, you know, but I did it more for, you know, weight, you know, yeah. control, I guess, more than anything, yeah. you know, because yeah. I still had the mountain biking appetite, um, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, so, you know, I, I, I probably, I mean, I can't really remember doing much. I think for a while I did pretty much nothing. Oh. So, um, you know, but then, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I didn't, I don't know what I did it's really. Funny, isn't it funny <laughs> when we reflect because it was such, yeah. well, it, I'm sure it was only about 10 years ago. Um, how long ago oh. was that? <laughs> God, that was 30 years ago. So, yeah. So 10 years ago, yeah. Yes, that's right. (laughs) No, it actually does feel like a lifetime ago. Like I was a completely different person. You know, I was not confident or outgoing or um, anything like that. I was very, certainly when I was younger and in my teenage years, I was extreme, excruciatingly shy. And the mountain biking helped a bit, you know, but I'm so much better now. But yeah, I've I've certainly dealt with you know quite painful shyness yeah. um, for for a large portion of my younger years. So yeah. yeah, and I had um glandular fever a couple of times when I was sixteen. So I had chronic fatigue while mm. I was mountain biking as well. And um and it it was hard to you know balance it all with the with the yeah. chronic fatigue and that sort of stuff yeah. as well. So yeah, it sounds horrid. All right. How did you actually get into running? So it sounds like you were, so I'm sure there's lots of other things in there 30 years since from now to when the mountain biking stuff. Um, Yeah. How did you get into running? Well, um, you know, so I had 
two kids and yeah. um and um after how my old are they now? sorry to... how old are they now yeah. my son is 25 and my daughter is 22 um so um when they were little and and I was just feeling bleh you know and I was drinking a fair bit because um you know, it was hard with two young kids for me, um, with very little support and um, virtually none. Mm -hmm. And we lived on a couple of acres kind of in the middle of the nowhere. So I didn't have neighbours to help. Yeah. I didn't have family nearby. My husband at the time was not around much and wasn't supportive with helping with the kids. So I would just sit by myself of an evening and just drink. Okay. And, um, you know, I knew that wasn't healthy or good for me. So I thought I've got to do something. So I thought I'll start getting up in the mornings and, and go for a run or something like that, you know, because I figured I could go for a run for half an hour and that would be a good workout, you know, quite time efficient. Whereas cycling, you've got to go for two or three hours. Yeah, you've got to gear um, and stuff to organize. Yeah, you know, and then you get a puncture and bloody hell. Um, and then so I thought I'll, I'll do that. So I had to stop drinking to be able to get up in the mornings and um, go for a run. You know, obviously that would be when my ex was sleeping. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just started doing that. That was the reason I started running was, and also because it was, you know, cheap at the time. I thought mm -hmm. running would be a cheap sport. Mm -hmm. um, didn't have to pay to join a gym because my ex at the time didn't want me to spend money on fitness. Um, and so um, that's, I just would get up and, run this because once again we lived in the hills on old dirt trails I just run around these sort of dirt trails a bit and um yeah that's how I started running wow and so how old were the kids at that time well, I, was, ooh, I don't know Zara was probably about two or three three okay. maybe so, so 20 odd years ago yeah, yeah so I was yeah I was about 35 so maybe Zara was more like four okay. yeah I was about I was about 35 when I took up running yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because as a mountain biker, I always looked down my nose. We all did. We all used to laugh at runners. Oh, look at them. You know, how slow it is. <laughs> you know, oh, how boring. You know, and I used to see running because I'd go buy my mountain biking magazines. And I'd see running magazines. I think, what do you need a magazine for running? It's just one, you just run. Like, seriously, <laughs> you know, how hard can it be? But I've since, since learned the error of my ways, of course. But yeah, <laughs> so, um, you know, I, um, it was, you know, a bit of a, a change for me, but yeah, it's been an amazing life change for me and it has led to so many changes in my life. So those early days, you would just go off and run, you know, on the trails and things in the mornings yeah. near where you lived. How did it move on to, like, what was the next progression? Did you go to, I don't think Park Run was around. No, Park Run didn't exist. No? <laughs> like, yeah. did you go to a fun run? Did you do like a charity Yeah, I think I went something? and did some, you know, local fun runs and then I just enter races. And and I still remember it was a run to the G I did, like one of my, like, you know, I'd only just started running. And I remember running it going, oh, my God, this is what my body is made to do. Like the mountain biking I always enjoyed, but it was always still a bit of a struggle because, you know, lack of coordination and all that sort of stuff. But when I was running and I remember thinking, this is what my body is made to do. I'm made to be a runner. This feels, and it just felt so good and so natural and so awesome. Still hard, don't get me wrong, but it just felt like that's what my body 
was designed to do, not all these other things. Mm. So, yeah, I finally felt like I'd find what my body was made to do. It sounds like that means you were, there hasn't really been a time when you haven't been a runner since that point. Yeah, that's right. Yes, basically. Yeah. Kind of. And, you know, you keep talking about an ex-husband, so it's obviously supported you through many Yes. Life changes that we all yes. go through because I've got an ex-husband <laughs> and a current one but, <laughs> and a bunch of kids. But, yeah. you know, it helps you go through a lot of those. Oh, things. my God. It's helped me with so many mm-hmm. um, life challenges of which I've had a few, yeah. you know, and um, running is, you know, yeah, it has been so much for me. I mean, firstly, it showed me that I was capable of, you know, like, because I would go to races and win them. And I, like, I'd be going to them not expecting to win and I would just win them. And it'd be like, it would just show me that I was capable of so much more than I'd ever thought. Because I always yeah. thought of myself as the useless one, the hopeless one, the, you know. Yeah. And suddenly there I was and, you know, it was, and then I would have to talk to people. And so it brought me out of my shell and, you know, and, you know, when you're on that runner's high, you can talk to people because you're feeling so good. And so um, it really changed my life completely. So did you go and find other people who ran and start running in, you know, with a running group or any of that sort of stuff? Yeah, so I am. Yeah, it was very much at the early stages of the internet. So I looked up um, running clubs and I found the Knox Road Runners because by that stage I was living in the Dandenong. So. I have done the Melbourne Marathon more times than I can, well, I've done it back seven times. But yeah. uh, uh, the Knox, <laughs> they have tops. <laughs> so yes, I'm saying, and I've seen a lot yeah. of those tops yeah. <laughs> over the years. Well, they were so helpful and they were so good. And, you know, they would run and they still do, not that I join them anymore because it's too early for me now. Mm-hmm. Um, but six o'clock every Saturday morning, I'd wow. get down there to go for a run and um they were so supportive and so helpful and really taught me so much about running because I was just a beginner I didn't have a clue I thought you did most of your running on the treadmill and that's what I did at the gym and they taught me no you run out in the rail like I didn't even realize I just thought well you'd run I thought for speed work you do it on the treadmill because you can you know and and yeah adjust the paces and that because, you know, like when I did speed work on a mountain bike, we'd do it on the ergo, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I thought it would be the same. Um, we but didn't um, really have very accurate watches back like 20 no, years we ago didn't. either. No. So you weren't like, I can, like now I look and think, I used to think if I'd run 25 minutes, well, it's 5K. Yeah. <laughs> and now, yeah. just as a right. casual training run but now yeah. I look at it and go maybe it was maybe it wasn't I don't know anyway yeah. well I had this little um we had the Melways you know and I had this little special wheel thing that you would it would um calculate the distance and I'd got wheel it along the roads and calculate oh. the distance for my 20k run I shredded so many Melways using this little wheel oh it was pretty God. and I've done run since with the watch and it was fairly accurate oh that's so, good you're you know. better than me then mine was very much a Yes, just a guess. Yeah, or else I would drive it. I would drive yes. a loop and see. But um, but yeah. So Knox Roadrunners were were awesome. So um, I joined them, and then I would run with a few of the guys on a Wednesday night, and they would take me out and do speed work with with me. And you know, um, it, it was just it was really it was really good. And I've made some lifelong friends yeah. from from Knox Roadrunners. So um. Yeah, and because at first when I started, I was just, you know, running roads and doing marathons and, and that sort of thing. So yeah. um are you still teaching at this point? Did you are you still teaching now? Yeah, well, when um now. when my daughter was born, I um 
you know, and while I was pregnant, I was doing my upgrade so I could teach in primary schools. And then, so I, then I was teaching in primary schools and it was great because I'm, um, sorry, my nose ring just started to come out. Um, <laughs> so then, um, because I would work at the school and my kids would come to school with me, you know, yeah. and it was great because I would be working full time, but I could still see them and you got school um, hours and stuff too. Yeah, you know, and I'd have school holidays. And that's actually why I took up teaching because I knew I wanted to have kids. Um, it wasn't some, you know, oh, I'm destined to be a teacher. I had no clue what I wanted to do. I thought, well, I want to be a mom. So why don't I choose a job that's mum friendly, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why I did teaching. And that was great while the kids were, you know, at school. And then once they were teenagers, well, admittedly, I was home for the holidays, but quite frankly, they didn't want to hang out with me, sadly. <laughs> Can't understand why. I was such what? a cool mum. You weren't <laughs> taking them hiking? What's going on? <laughs> oh, I know, right? Oh, I wasn't that stupid. No way was I taking them hiking. And um, and so, um, so yes, I was teaching full-time running you know 130 k's a week taking the kids to all their sports and doing all the stuff that uh, a stay-at-home mum would do anyway but yeah it was it was a full-on lifestyle I had to be um incredibly organized it was like you know planning a military operation planning each week you know so So if you hadn't been because by then you're starting to do longer runs and things yeah I assume all of us not that it's ever easy all those mums out there, including me, yeah. um, to manage without adding on, you know, that layer of the training and things required for some of the mm. longer distances. Um, I And I assume it was never a conversation where you said it's, you know, the longer distances, do I do it or do I not do it? It's making life hard. How was that? It was kind well, of well, I was only doing marathons then, which to me okay. was not long distance. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was a lot faster back then. So my runs would be a lot quicker and they were on bit, you know, on the road. Yeah. Um, and my, you know, I wanted to get into ultras because I also felt that that's what I was really suited to. Mm-hmm. But my ex was totally against it. He kept trying to make me give up running. He wanted me oh. to give up running. He hated my no. running. Um, you know, even if I stretched of an evening, he'd crack it because that was part of running. So I couldn't do anything related to No, I know. Something did give. (laughs) Yes. You know, um, I would stretch while I was cooking, you know, so I could hide my stretching kind of thing and get up early and I had to do all invisible training, completely invisible training. Um, Yeah. So it was tough, but, you know, um, you know, or I'd take the kids to sport in the afternoon and I'd run while they were doing it. So then, you know. It wasn't, it, once again, invisible training. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's what I had to do. Um, but then once the kids started getting a bit older and needing me less, and, and as much as my kids, I tried to get them into sports. They never really did. They were a lot like me, not really into sports. Yeah. So I didn't have to take them to cricket or footy or anything like that because, I mean, I tried them on every sport. I really did try to get them into sport. <laughs> I didn't want them to be like me, but they were totally not into it. Um, and so I could run on a weekend and it didn't bother them. They weren't, um, dying to do anything. So, you know, as they got older, it got, you know, easier for me to increase the distances, you know? Yeah. Okay. So did you stay, are you, what do you, are you teaching now? I'm, um, I've got my online running coaching business and I do relief teaching in high schools now. Yeah. So I teach about three days a week around okay. that during school time, yeah. um, sometimes four, you know, and then I try to juggle getting all my business stuff done, doing yeah. a podcast and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I'm the kind of person I like to be busy, like that's yes. how I thrive. 
um you know I mean it's still hard but that's that's what I like and um so yeah so I'm still teaching but of course being a relief teacher it's all care no responsibility you know like I don't have to go to meetings and I don't have to do reports thank god and I don't have to do all that other stuff I walk in I walk out you know so that certainly makes life easier because if it was just the teaching it'd be fine but it's all the other stuff you know that makes it really hard makes it extends it doesn't it yeah um We've had a few teachers on the podcast and I have, I am a, was once a teacher (laughs) for a very short time, (laughs) much shorter than you. Um, Enough, huh? (laughs) And in part, I didn't know what I wanted to do either, (laughs) but I knew I was having children and again, thought it would support the kids. So very similar in that way, Um, but didn't stick at teaching the same way that you did, but did do some relief teaching. Um, I did, I used to run at lunchtime sometimes. But I, I, I used to do that too, yeah. And I've also found that talking to some teachers on the podcast, talking about the example that that provides to your students. Yes. When they yeah. know that their teacher is like an adult that goes and does exercise outside of, you know, well, I am um, bus. While I was at the primary school um, that I was working at, <clears throat> I was chosen to represent Australia for the world long distance mountain running championships and they did a fundraiser for me and the kids had to do um run laps to raise money um to help because although I was representing Australia I had to pay for it all myself Uh um and and so the school you know the kids were running laps to raise money for me and they you know presented it to me and then I went off and represented Australia and I I did quite well like I was a first Australian female 10th overall of the women's so 10th in the world. And um, and I came back and talked, you know, wearing my Australian uniform and talked yeah. to kids. And there I am, just an ordinary teacher. And, and you know, it, I, I would like to think it inspired them. You know, I hope so. And and um, even now at high school level, level, the kids talk to me about the running and they're amazed, you know, like, hey, what's your longest run? And when I say, you know, 291 kilometres was my longest run, they just like, oh, my God, you know. <laughs> And, um, you know, and we have some good chats about it. I don't know if they just want to chat to me because they don't want to do their work or if they're actually interested, but either way, I'm happy to talk it's, about it's it. That's right. But, you know, and um, I'd like to think that it does inspire them too because, you know, they can see I'm just a normal person. I'm not some yeah. super duper, you know, athlete, um, you know, and if I can do it, anyone can do it, you know, kind of thing. So tell us some of the places that or. Yeah, some of the places your running's taken to you, not necessarily geographically, but what yeah. sort of events and things have you done with your running? You've just touched on Well, them I mean, you know, I've done, I don't know, I mean, geographically, you know, like I've, I've represented Australia, like I said, that was mm-hmm. in Switzerland. Then I went to Britain and then I went to Austria. So that was three times. And, but, you know, just things like, um, I, I, I don't know, just, I, I want, you know, I remember when I first started running, I heard about six foot track and I was thinking, oh my God, that sounds like such tough race. I wonder if I can ever do that. Oh, I'd really love to give it a go. And and I was training for a sub three hour marathon. And in my buildup, I went, you know, I really want to do um, six foot. So I just went and did it as for fun. And I ended up winning it. And I remember that was, you know, it was like, there was this race that I thought, oh my God, it sounds so hard. Would I even be able to finish it? And I won it. And just you know, it was like just such an amazing experience for me. Like that one is such an amazing experience for me. Like even though it's just a, a race in Australia, it just amazing, you know. And then 
things like, you know, I went to Barclay marathons and oh, I don't know if you know that, but um, I do know Barclay yeah. marathons because it's the last person, I think, from the same group they, of referrals. Yeah, yeah. They, and now I know a bit about it. And I'm like fascinated by it. That's the whole yeah. book one. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I remember the first time I heard about it because I used to listen to podcasts in the car and, you know, my daughter would be in the car and we're listening to hearing about Barclay and the books and we're both like, oh, books, you know, <laughs> um, we were more interested in the books and, than the race. But um, I always said, oh, my God, that would be far too hard for me. And I would ne- I'd never be a good enough runner to even get into it, you know, and then it all just kind of happened that I managed to, you know, find out how to apply and I got in and it was like and then I got in it's like oh my god you know and um you know and I got in on the first try like it was just it was just you know because I still think of myself as that uncoordinated kid that you know couldn't run to save her Mm. life basically you know and and within me a little bit of me is still that, you know, and so it still freaks me out when it's like, oh, I did that, you know, but by the same token, I'm the kind of person, if I want to do something, I, I don't want to get to the end of my life and go, oh, I wish I'd done that. It's like, I'm just going to throw my name in the hat, see what happens, give it a crack, because better to have tried and not got in than to have never have tried yeah. and still not got in. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so... What do you, you think know, drives you? I really don't know. I don't know. I think part of it is just wanting to push myself and see how far I can push my body. Like mm. I love that feeling of really having worked hard and, you know, um, I, I, I honestly, people go, oh, you've got to have a why to do all these races. Like I really don't know. I don't know what my why is. Mm. Um, I think it's just, to push myself as hard as I can and you know um yeah because I I honestly I don't know you know I've had some people say um of your caliper on the podcast talk about um wanting to know what that limit is like and but realizing because they know that when they get to a limit there's actually yeah. the next limit, if that makes sense. That's knowing right. knowing that they're never actually going to reach it, if that makes because sense. Because I don't think I, journey more than the I can ever reach my limit because there'd be something that would stop me beforehand, like, you know, an injury or something like that. But I think um, we are so much more infinitely capable <clears throat> than we give ourselves credit for. And I think, absolutely, you know, like as long as you look after your body while you're doing these things, you could you can do anything really. Um like if I can do 100 miles or 290 k's, really anybody can because we're all a human body. Mm. Um, we all, you know, like legitimately you can. It's just looking after the body and and preparing the mind. Like I say, it's mm. it's more about the mind than anything. And I've just got the mindset that I I don't want to give up. You know, I have DNF races in saying that, mm-hmm. um, but then I've always try to go back and and you know get that monkey off my back and and mm. do it again but I, I really don't know what drives me and that's what I'm finding hard at the moment is because you know I don't win races anymore or that and and that used to be a driver I guess and so now it's like well what drives me now and and I yeah it's it's a struggle to find what I should be doing what is that and, and it'll be different for you than anyone else mm. and like specifically 
for you. Yes, yes. Like well, it's not I, necessarily I, to, to tick off a race or to yes. collect a medal or to yeah. whatever. I'm not into finisher medals. Like I don't want to finish people. a medal. Like to me, that's like, you know, when the kids do the cross country and everyone gets a, you know, you participate. It's a participation thing. So yeah. for me, I, I often, I don't even particularly want the medals, you know. Mm. So I, it's, and I don't want that. For me, it's not about that. It's that feeling that I've accomplished something and I've pushed my body to its limit for that period of time. Like, you know, when I first did over 200Ks, it was like, oh, my God. And then I did it again. And it's like, oh, it wasn't as hard the next time. (laughs) So, you know, you've got to keep keep upping the ante. And it's like, well, how far do you keep upping that ante? It gets exhausting, doesn't it? That's We've had that conversation here, you know, especially as a beginner runner. It's 5K, yes. Yes, Oh, 10K. I'll I'll try a 10. And then, of course, you got 21. And then it's a marathon. And for a short time, you're on top of the world because only 10% of blah, 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 blah. And then you turn around and make, ultra marathons yeah trail marathon <laughs> and then it it just then- it just never ends it's the, yeah. this rabbit hole that you can keep going down exactly and um and i don't yeah. know what the answer is to that <laughs> it's an individual thing isn't it <laughs> it is very much so but you know i think it's almost um like you know, well, not almost, it is running is a metaphor for life it gives you mm. direction and gives you um something to to aim for and and I think you need to have goals and purpose and and although running can seem selfish I think if it helps you be a better person and helps you um you know quieten those demons just for a while that you have and and takes you out of whatever depressive feeling you're getting or whatever it is if it helps you become a better person then it's not selfish because what the world needs is a hell of a lot more better people, you know? And I think if if we can raise the consciousness and the good feelings of everybody in the world, it's contagious. You know how if you're with a depressed person or a sad person, it's contagious. Whereas, and and that brings everyone down. But if we're all feeling that little bit better, then running is not selfish because we're, we're sharing that better feeling with everybody and thus raising the feeling of everyone. That side is also contagious. As much that's as the, yes. it is, if you hang out with someone who's positive, you're like, yeah, wow. I mean, that's why we go see motivational speakers. That's right. You want to hang with them. I mean, we yeah, we pay to get that feeling. Exactly. So if we can be around that kind of person because they've created that in themselves from running, mm. then that can uplift a lot of people. And like for me, for instance, when I was teaching, you know, I'd go in there feeling more positive, thinking about the uplifting for the kids there. And, you know, and as parents, we're doing that for our kids. I can't say it's necessarily worked for my kids, but, you know, <laughs> I tried, <laughs> you know. So um, it's, it's. I think we we can't look at running as uh, as a selfish sport because yeah. I think, we uplift and, and inspire, hopefully, you know, other people, even if it's just one person, you know. Yeah. And, but I, I do believe in that uplifting of others. Like if we can all get into a better mood about things, and, and like I said, the world needs a lot more positivity. Um, and, and if we can share that positivity by going, for, having gone for a run in the morning, even though what all I did was go for a 10K run, but if it improves my mood and then I go to work and it infects other people, well, and just there we smile go. at Job the person done. at the, the checkout check, if you like. Yes, it doesn't, doesn't it. even have to be just the person. It doesn't even have to be work. And, and it's as simple as I remember when, I'm, you know, my kids were younger and I'd be out running with them and they'd be on their bikes and they, they would notice that I'd smile and say hello to everyone mm-hmm. and they'd go, why do you do that, Mum? And I'm like, because 
you know, I smile at them and then they go smile at the next person. And then they, I says, it's smelling, it's sending those ripples of happiness, you know, and you don't know how much that person might need that. Hello, good morning. And and I still do it. A lot of people, people have gotten a lot grumpier. Um, and a lot of people won't look at me. They won't say hello back. And, um, but, you know, it doesn't deter me. No, I might be smiling and saying hello good morning you know and because someone might need and sometimes I'll get people that go oh Mm. hello you know and you know it's like even just going out on the runs spreading the positivity you know um I think you know I just think we can all do with a little bit of positivity always find um, in my runs we were the same I always say hello to people yeah yeah. there's similarities here apart from being fast (laughs) well not so much anymore you know not so much anymore actually I was quite fast when I was young many years ago um I say say hello to people all the time and you can see it in their faces and they're like oh hello good yes good job you know and you can see it's not even if they have ever run in their lives or maybe they have or maybe they do but you can see there's almost them living vicariously through you a little bit like they can it's kind of lifts them as well which I think is um, it's a wonderful little ripple to provide to the universe as you were saying a bit like the butterflies Yes, that's right. Yes, yeah. it's like that. Yeah. Mm. And, look, you know, when people are friendly to me out there, it really lifts my spirits mm. too, you know. And, um, you know, and you know what it's like when you meet someone who's positive and happy. It just makes you feel yeah. better. Exactly. So, you know, I think, I think, yeah, running's great for that because it does release endorphins and make us feel better. So it's, it's not as selfish as one might think, you know, to go no. for the run. In fact, I think it's the opposite. There's so many, you could probably do a PhD in the benefits of something like running. Obviously, we're going to talk about running. I'm sure there are other physical activities that are really good for you as well. Yes, yes. I'm just going to say running. Um, The studies have shown as well that running in your brain looks exactly like doing meditation. Okay. Um, were they looking at the neural pathways and new neural pathways yeah. are being created and what happens to us when we're meditating um, or, you know, being really still and being in the moment um, looks very similar, if not the same to when you're running, not, not always running, of course, but it, you know, yeah. when you sort of get those, when you're just sort of running and fan to flow. Um, yeah. And as a result, I mean, meditation, I think everybody knows whether they do it or don't do it. They know that there is, you know, really good benefits for your mental health. Yeah when you can slow yep. your brain down and and spend a few moments like that. Um, so to me, when you talk about, you know, running, being selfish, I think I've got that out of my head a long time ago for all these kind of reasons, because if, yep. if we were all doing this sort of thing, then the mental health problems, which are actually epidemic yep. kind of yep. proportions now, yeah, uh, and maybe have always been, I don't know, but anyway, they seem much worse now. I think and they are worse. Yeah. The health knock-on effects, it's not even just mental health. If your mental health isn't good, then you've, and everything's related and connected, yeah. um, but your physical health does suffer, not just because you maybe choose the wrong foods or choose the wrong activities or not zero activities because you're feeling yeah. crappy. Um, but other things physically happen in your body if you're if you're feeling really down. Different chemicals are produced. Yes. There's all kinds of stuff going on. So if you can lift all of that by going for a run, you're saving the health system, our tax dollar. Yes. You know, you can get right down to really plain black and white stuff um, yeah. about why 
it's not selfish. <laughs> yes. yes, very true. And, and you know, I, I don't know why I, well, I, I don't know why I brought that up specifically. I think maybe. No, no. I think people you know, think it, especially um, women yeah, in particular. Yes, I think women really is, do feel that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know certainly for me, my ex thought I was incredibly selfish going mm. running. I mean, he would go motorbiking all weekend. That wasn't selfish, but, you know, um, for a woman to do it, it comes across as more selfish, you know, and and even my sister would say to me, so you so you shouldn't be running. You should be just spending time with the kids. It's like, but, you know, um, I think it made me be better able to be a mother was to run, Absolutely. you know. So, I mean... Yeah, I just think, you know, I just think, well, obviously I think running's awesome. So, you know, I am biased. And I just feel cycling wasn't quite the same, you know, like it didn't give me quite the same good feelings. There's something specific about running, I reckon. Well, I'd probably, because I'm a very um, simple person, I would say just because we were made to run, like yes, as humans, right. like we weren't born sitting on a bicycle. No, <laughs> not, that's there's right. nothing wrong with cycling, but uh, yeah. No, we, no, no, no. Our bodies are made to run. Yes. That's right. And and it is a much more natural thing. Like we were, yeah, designed to run from A to B and there's there's no reliance on an outside machinery like the bicycle. Exactly. And yeah, mm-hmm. I, I agree hundred percent. Yeah. Like we're not trying to convince any cyclists out there though, because we know that you have your own opinion. <laughs> yes, that's right. And look, you know, cycling is great, don't get me wrong. Um, but um, and it is fun bombing a downhill on a mountain bike, but um, you know, <clears throat> there's also lots of fun in in running. Yeah. Personally, I really like here in Tasmania, as you probably know, there's lots mm. of mountain bike tracks now. Yes. And yes. Um, I quite like running on them when there's no mountain yes. bikers around, especially the big burns. And I like to stick yeah. my hands out like I'm an aeroplane. <laughs> yeah. Kind of so do you run at Derby or is it called? Um, so at- Derby's not Derby. that far from here, but um, yeah. up in the Trevallon. I'm um, oh, okay. in and in the Trevallon yeah. Reserve, there's a, a couple okay. there. Which yeah. used to be running tracks, I think, before the mountain bikers came yeah. and made them into mountain. The, the one good thing about the mountain bikers, I have to say, well, not one, the one good thing, but there, there, I'm sure there's many, is they are really good at, you know, trail maintenance. They do a oh, lot yeah. of work on trails, you know, Absolutely. and um, that certainly is, you know, um, you know, really good. They and they make sure they're well drained and mm. and all those sorts of things, you know. So they they do that, and you know, kudos to them. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. And there's a lot of crossover. A lot of my running friends are mountain bikers as well. Yeah. However, yeah. like you, they have injuries and then they can't run because they more injuries occur coming off the mountain bike. Oh, yes. I mean, I remember <laughs> one time I was injured from running. So I hopped on the mountain bike and um, I hadn't, I'd rebuilt the bike. I hadn't set it up properly. The brakes were stuffed and I came off and broke my shoulder. <laughs> so oh. I couldn't do anything. <laughs> so it was wasn't like, well planned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, not not well planned at all. So, yeah. um, so an identity question, Isabel. When do you think you first called yourself a runner? Well, do you know what? When I first started running, I didn't feel like I was a runner. Like, so I would um, chant to myself as I was running, "I am a runner. I am a runner. Mm-hmm. I am a runner." Until I was convinced that I was a runner. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, ch- so chantings have been big, big in your life because you've already talked about having, you know, mantras and talking yeah. to. Talking oh no, to I'm I'm very awesome. big on all that because really I have to I have to convince myself, you see. Yeah. Um, and so I would can you know had to tell myself over and over again that I was a runner. Um, <clears throat> and then you know, I guess from that time in that race when I felt like that's what my body was made yeah. to do. That's when I really was convinced. I guess you found a flow. Yeah. So you've already mentioned that you've had some injuries. So in saying that you, you know, you see yourself, identify yourself as a runner, 
how do you cope when you've got an injury that for whatever reason you can't run for six weeks or whatever it is? Well, I mean, you know, at one time many moons ago I had a stress fracture and I couldn't run for six weeks. Ouch. And I just, um, I was still a runner. I just went and ran in the pool. Yeah. I okay. put the belt on. Yeah, went the deep into, water yep. And water. I was pool running six days a week. So silly. <laughs> oh my God. And it was so. It was, I've it was got quite, one of them. <laughs> it was quite interesting though. I'd go every morning, do my pool running, and there were all the, um, you know, the 70 year and 80 year olds there doing their, you know, hydrotherapy. <laughs> and I would be chatting with them all. I'd get to know them all. You know, there was an actual community there in the pool too. And, you know, I, I actually, um, you'd think six weeks of it would be enough to you know drive you insane but it was I didn't mind okay. yeah. and um <clears throat> and I you know bounced back to running quite well after that and um now I I think I'm probably I mean I've had niggles now now I get sort of more niggles nothing that stops me but sort of aches and pains and I think it's kind of the wear and tear <clears throat> from pushing hard so many times um the wear and tear sort of on the body it's it's more that so it's not um run stopping injuries it's more sort of just um everything it just hurts a little bit more but um you know but yeah running injuries I have always whenever I've been injured which like I say I haven't had anything major for a long time I always still did things I would still you know make sure I did all the things you know all the rehab exercises, I would do cross training. Like if I, with the pool running, obviously that's all I could do because I had a stress fracture, but other injuries, I would just hop on the mountain bike and I'd become a mountain bike. I remember one time I was injured. And so I got on the mountain bike and I trained for a 12 hour mountain bike race. And I came second in that, you know, wow. and it was really good fun and I loved it. And, um, and so I would just, I would just, you know, do something else, you know, <laughs> I had um, Josh, um, Josh, Josh Chug, Chug, I think. Yeah, Josh Chug. Anyway, had uh, one of our local um, really good athletes who represented Australia in marathon and he got injured recently, just the young chap, I suppose he's in his late 20s. Um, And he said on the podcast last year that he'd found this e-sport like bike e-sport oh, and then he he managed to because he, that was his recovery like you were saying was to do this um cycling and then he had um, yeah but he, the e-bike helps you up the hills he just represented australia in the e-bike stuff because oh, you know like oh my god know, is there a chance doing, who knew it was crazy isn't that funny anyway i just thought that was hilarious i'm still getting yeah, my the, mind around it you have to kind of um go with full um <clears throat> Not just, oh, okay, I'll go and use bike riding as cross training. You've got to go full on and really get into it, you know, like yeah. enjoy it. You, you can't run. just And that's why I think it's good to <clears throat> have um, do a little bit of cross training with your, uh, even when you're running because if, if, if an injury happens, you've got something else and, and it doesn't feel completely foreign. Like, mm. um, you know, if you're a swimmer, you know, maybe still have some swimming occasionally. Mm. But um, <clears throat> there's nothing wrong with doing something else for a little while and becoming sort of more of an all-round athlete. It makes you stronger. It, I certainly, that mountain biking period, my legs were super-duper strong after that. Yeah, <clears throat> which helps going up and down those hills. Yeah, too. you know, so yes, exactly. How long do you think you will train for? Sorry, not train for, run for. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I would like to keep going for as long as possible. It is kind of demotivating watching yourself slow down. Um, is that because you've been at such a high level, do you think? I guess so, you know, and, and I feel within me, you know, I feel like the same person. But then I go around and it's like, oh, I'm not the same person, you know. <laughs> but within me, I feel like the same person and I want to go and run just as fast and run hard. And mm. But it's just not there you know um do you think there's a anything in you that might change you know that where it might be like always because what you're talking about you know um still thinking of yourself as you know who you were say 15 years ago whatever it was when you were doing all of those really amazing things speed wise um but instead you're someone who just really loves to run and wants to keep running and oh Possibly yes, and, and look, do it for the joy or the journey rather yes, than. Yes. And okay. and it's funny because my partner now, Ron, he he doesn't race. He just runs for the fun of it. And mm. I kind of don't get it. Yes. <laughs> Where is that? How do I find that? Where's the book to yes. read on that? And, and <laughs> so I was saying something to him last night. But what do I do if I can't race? He goes, well, I don't race. I'm like, I don't get it. You know, so. <laughs> It's my goal. It's how I work out what I'm training yeah, for. I'm very goal-driven and, um, <clears throat> you know, that sort of thing. So, and that's it. It's it's something I'm having to come to terms with is reevaluating my relationship with running and mm. trying to find something else because I want to keep training, but my training has always been for a race. So if I don't have a race, what is, why am I training? And, and so that's what I've got to um figure out now and I can still race obviously and and I just obviously am going to be you know racing for different reasons so what is my reason for racing a a lot of things to think about and I don't even at the moment know how to think about them if you know what I mean like yeah um so you know it's kind of a little bit of a yeah it's 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 a transition period yeah it's a transition period you know um and trying to figure it all out because I want to keep running, but the goalposts have changed. Mm. So, <clears throat> yeah, working that out. It's a, it's, a, it's a work in progress at the moment. I was having some of those kind of discussions with myself over the last few years. And um, I came up with, and it's kind of working for me at the moment, although I'm having trouble setting my next challenge. And, yeah. and that is to set an individual, like, challenge of some sort yeah. so not necessarily race different reason for me though I get a bit anxious around race. I've done so much racing yeah I just don't really I don't enjoy it and I'm like why am I doing it now I don't enjoy it I'm getting anxious you know whatever yeah. I re- actually am fine with the race fine yes. at the end the leading up the training but you know all the all the anticipation for the month or so before I'm like not happy Jan so (laughs) why do I so why do that anyway so setting yourself a challenge and we said it like a 60k challenge with a group that I was training an international group and we're all in different parts of the world and we just Ah, went into 60k at different times on our own courses and that worked for me like it was having this kind of and so I've got another couple of ideas now here locally where I'll set myself a challenge and then have to work out how I'm going to train for that and then put a line in the sand so that I mean that worked for me yeah yeah, little, little thought there. We're just not actually a race necessarily, so therefore I'm not just dis- going to be disappointed in my performance. Or, yes. Um, yeah. Or have that anxiety. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. And and look, I get that too. And and I I, you know, <clears throat> understand about the anxiety, but it's almost an important part of racing because if you didn't, 
it shows that you don't really care about it, you know. So, you know, it, it's a it's a necessary part if you care about the race. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, I I I don't know. Yeah, challenges. I just don't know. I just don't know. And that's the thing. I literally don't know what's going to work for me at this moment in time. I'll have to yeah. have to play with a few things. Yes, I think that basically. Work. Yes, yeah. that's that's kind of it. Yeah. And it's you know it's it's hard, you know, um, as, as we change and grow and, you know, um, become different people because just by, uh, virtue of living, we become Mm. different people. We never stay the same. So, um, this is just part of my becoming this Mm. next person in my life. And I mean, I will always still run. I personally believe, and I love running and I, but yeah, it's just changing what it'll look like um yeah. what are you most proud of with your running achievements doesn't need to be a race or whatever it doesn't yeah. it could be doesn't matter what's your most what are you most I proud don't of? know I don't know <laughs> what am I most proud of well you know um I guess where it's taken me you know like how much it's changed my life you know mm-hmm. I've um it, it gave me strength to get through the death of my parents it gave me strength to to get through the divorce um it it gave me um you know so much ability to to see the world and meet different people and I've given up teaching and it's my job now when I say I've given up teaching I gave up my you know I had a an ongoing teaching job that I could have been in until you know they had had to kick me out at 80 years old or whatever you know um I was guaranteed a job and um so it's it's just opened up my world so much, given me so much more mental strength and so much more capacity within myself and and friendships. And, and that's what I'm proud of is how much it's impacted my life and made me, I think, a better person and a more holistic person and a more capable person. And I think, um, yeah, I guess that's what I would say because there's no one event that I can pinpoint. Yeah, that you're most... Yeah, you know, or one part of running. I think just the fact that it's just made such a big difference to my life in so many positive ways. I love that. I usually ask, you know, how's life, how's running changed your life? That's the answer. Yes. Yes. How running yes. has changed your life. Absolutely, completely <laughs> changed my life. Yeah. So when it comes to just getting out the door and going training on those days yep. when it's not nice, yeah, you haven't had a lot of sleep or whatever, um, what motivates you to make those steps out the door? Do you have any tips even like for those people? I who think struggle it's more, you've got to make it a habit. It's mm-hmm. it's a habit because motivation wanes, especially in the middle of winter when it's raining and it's cold and it's dark and it's horrible. Mm-hmm. So it, it, to me, it's just part of who I am. What do I do? I get up, have a coffee and go for a run. That's yeah. just what I do. And it's become part of my identity. And so you've got to make the habit so strong that it's part of your identity what does a runner do a runner gets up and goes for a run Mm -hmm. you know um because if you wait for motivation it's not going to happen because I'm not always motivated I sometimes couldn't be bothered but I know how guilty I would feel if you didn't if I didn't not that there's anyone judging me or anything but just within myself knowing that Mm -hmm. I didn't do it I would feel like I'd let myself down and so yeah so you've got to get out the door basically so make it a habit and then make that habit part of your identity you know so how um 
at, at the moment I'm in a, like a 150 day running streak in nice. order for that reason. Like, yes. I, but only it's like, a, I have to run 2k. Sometimes I run 10, sometimes I run five, yeah. sometimes I run two, but it, 2k, is the I feel like I could fit it in. And yeah. I've had some very busy days this last couple of weeks and I've still managed to fit it in somewhere. Yeah, um, good. So for that reason, though, to, because I also believe that that, you know, it has to be that consistent. You don't, don't necessarily need to run every day. I don't think that that's necessarily yeah. the case. Everyone's individual. It certainly probably is helping you to establish that habit. Yeah, it's like just to get it, you know, drilled yeah. into my head, especially knowing because of Christmas. I don't know if everybody's like that. So I belong to a winter running club here in Launceston um, and it's a handicap club. So I've uh-huh. done that since my 20s. We've raced for between 5 and 21 every Saturday for 20 weeks of the year. So you've got that winter's covered and then the marathon yeah. in Melbourne was at the end of that. So I was uh-huh. always, you know, well, had my whole season planned out. And then, <laughs> but then it comes to summer and summer meant I still would run, you know, with my friends at least twice a week and maybe do one or two other runs sort of scattered through the week. But winter, no, sorry, summer and Christmas, and, and it just it just became that sort of what I do, which was fine, but it wasn't enough to then yeah. start the season again for, you know, the running club season um, that I just explained to start it in a way that was, you know, good. Because by the yeah. end of the season, you're pretty fit. Start of the season, most of us are not that fit because we've had the similar sort of thing where it's just kind of, yeah, and I wanted it I to just, stay I that just find, I, ne- I never let it drop off. <clears throat> exactly. So that's what I, why. Yeah, so because even, even after a race, although I won't run, I'll get up and go for a walk. You know, I'll have a few days of completely nothing, but mm-hmm. I'll go for a walk or I'll go to spin class, you know, after about a week or so, okay. or I'll do other things or go to yoga. You know, I, I like to still do something um, to maintain that habit. And mm-hmm. I still, it's like <clears throat> when I'm on holidays and I don't have to go to school, I still get up early at the same time to keep that habit of getting up early of going for the run, you know, because I just, I just, I'm a big believer in habits and, and yeah. developing routines. And, you know, it's not just little children who need routines. It's grown ups too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I so believe that too. Yeah. Um, so how many days a week would you run just out of? Normally I actually run seven days a week okay. at the moment. I'm six, but you know, I'm not, I do two quality sessions a week and one to two long runs. The other days are just, you know, like 10K easy run because yeah. I just need to move, you know, um, at the moment because I've had some issues and I've taken a bit of a, took a bit of a break mm. and then I'm just having one rest day. But even that's killing me. It's like, oh, I feel yeah. antsy and, you know, so I'm, I'm probably going to maybe just do 5K on that day. But <clears throat> my body just feels better when I've done something. And so you know um but some people definitely like my partner Ron he definitely needs one rest day a week he really okay. wants to have that whereas I kind of tend to thrive better on not doing it yeah every day but you know yeah so it tends to be six days a week but in saying that if I seven days a week sorry if I'm running you know in that stage where I'm running seven days a week if I wake up one morning and I feel like crap or I feel tired I didn't sleep well I just won't run like I can wake up and make that decision yeah and be okay um, with it and be okay with it because I can, I, I've learned how to listen to my body mm. um, enough. And sometimes I've gotten up, put my running clothes on and then going, oh, nah, take them up, put my pajamas back on and oh, go. Wow. <laughs> no, I actually need a bit more sleep. And so, you know, I've done oh. that before. So, and you know, That's I've gotten an extra hour of sleep if, because I feel what my body needs right now is more sleep. 
So, yeah. Someone on the podcast one time said, oh, when they were having a real hard time with that, they actually went to bed in their running clothes. <laughs> so they <laughs> were prepared. <laughs> well, I, yeah, and I probably would, yeah, but that would be too uncomfortable. Yeah, I oh, oh. I, I've been known to sit here and do a podcast interview, have my running clothes on underneath or yes. a meeting, and then because I work on my, um, and then head out. Because then I don't have to go, I just have to take off the top layer That's of right. my running clothes. Right I now. used to when I was teaching you know and I'd have sport for the kids in the afternoon or I'd wanted to go to gym in the afternoon I would wear my running clothes all day underneath my school clothes you know my work clothes yeah because um I knew it was uncomfortable and I didn't want to waste that uncomfortableness and then not run or not do the thing I knew it would make me do it you know yeah so I'm, I'm a big believer in that the little tricks yes um, yeah whatever it takes so where do you do a lot of your training now like I know that a lot of the races that I think you've been doing and that you've been describing it tend to be trail ultras. Is yes. that, that's right. So, you um, know, I live um, a couple of K from the Dandenong, so I can run from my house to the trails, you know, beautiful. so I can run there or I can run to Listerfield. That's a bit further, but you know, maybe, you know, 5k further. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I run to the trails basically. Yeah. And do you run by yourself? A lot, or do you run? Well, during the week, I run by myself, you know, yeah. and and like today, I just ran around the streets of the local area. I don't always yeah. go to the trails because yep. trails are great, but you know, you end up. I think you need to keep that leg speed up a bit, mm-hmm. you know, as much mm-hmm. as possible on the bitumen. And I do quality sessions on the on the road. Um, on the weekends, I run with Ron, mm-hmm. um, you know, and or sometimes we'll run with friends, but generally, yeah. you know. It's, it's hard to nail down a time. I like to, on the weekends, in saying getting up and having a routine, on the weekends I do like to have a little sleep in, you know, yeah. maybe get up at six instead of five, you know. <laughs> so, what? Yeah, no. Hey, decadent of me. <laughs> That's terrible. Um, do you listen to anything when you're running or are you a I, I like to listen naked to podcasts. <laughs> yeah, no, I like to listen to podcasts, not when I'm doing quality, but mm. when I'm just running because I'm I love to learn all the time so I'm listening to you know Mm. ones about running a business or Mm -hmm. about you know the physiology of running or mental strategies or I'm all I I love to learn so that's what I use um like just you know my easy runs for yeah Yeah. I used to call it my mobile university yes that's it yeah (laughs) it's good for that isn't it ebooks and things like that audiobooks um how did you start your business like that was an something I wanted to ask you so how did that well it was something I'd sort of was always interested in and then in the beginning of 2019 um just before COVID yeah um (laughs) I'd just gotten to know Daniel Ferrugia who's a coach in South Australia and we'd sort of talked about and he encouraged me to so I started the business and I was still working full-time and Mm -hmm. then then I thought you know and it was starting to grow so and starting to pick up you know and I never did any specific advertising so and then I went uh, at the end of 2019 that's it I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to do coaching and work as a personal trainer and do all this stuff and I started and then COVID it was like oh shit now I don't have a job or money because like teaching you still that was COVID proof and suddenly I had no money and the government wouldn't give me any money I had oh, literally nothing no. they wouldn't give me money because I had a, owned my own home which I was paying a mortgage on mm. You know, so how do you pay your mortgage? You know, I don't know. That's annoying. Yeah. So um, I was getting no money from the government. No, couldn't work. Wasn't allowed to work because, of course, all gym work and PT work was yeah. gone. And and I was getting a little bit from the business because I had a few clients, but not a whole heap. So it was a pretty horrible 
scary time. Um, and, um, but, you know, I just plugged away at the business and, and it grew and it grew and, you know, because I love what I'm doing, you know, and so everything ended up being okay, you know, because once again, like pushing yourself to your limits, you never know what you're capable of until you're actually thrown into the deep end, you know, and, and you have to do it. Like it's a matter of survival. So what and kind of people do you work with? All kinds of runners. I, you know, I work with marathoners. I work with ultra runners. I work with road runners, trail runners, every kind of runner, you know, because I've been every kind of runner as well. So I understand where they're coming from. And I've done the training, the, the, you know, I'm not just basing this on my experience. I'm a, I'm a qualified coach yeah. um, for, you know, all distances, basically. Um, I've done all the training for all distances and um, I can, you know, coach anyone from, from the training perspective, but also from my own personal experience, yeah. because I've, like I said, I've done it all. So do you have lots of people who come to you with a goal? You know, I've only ever run a 25. I want to run a 50. Yeah. Like, is that yeah. the sort of thing that you? Yeah. Some, some have never run, you know, a hundred K or a hundred mile or a 50 K or, and, and that's their goal or someone to improve their performance, get a better, you know, a marathon PB or, you know, improve their times for a race, you know, that sort of thing. Mm, or some people just want to have the accountability because without it, they just couldn't yeah. get all the training. Yeah. Oh, I know about that too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do they, do you work mostly with them online? Is that how? Yes. Yes. How I mean, I have a, a running club thing that I do, you know, in person once a week, but mm-hmm. mostly I, I just work online, yeah. you know, and um, which, which I love. And, and because that, yeah, I can work with people from anywhere, you know, yeah. and I have people I all that. over Australia and, and that sort of thing. And it's, it's fun because then we get to look at different kind of races too, you know, and it's, it's really interesting. I learn about a lot of different races get yourself some new goals yeah that's right races you might like to do (laughs) um so i will put a link to that in thank you notes tell me about your podcast so you know i'd always wanted to do a podcast um for many 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 years and so then i just thought well i'll just start it once again daniel ferrugia he had a podcast that's how we got to know each other Mm because he people suggested he interview me about Barclay and then um, and so got to sort of he encouraged me to because I was I'd always wanted to do it but I was scared you know mm-hmm. um, and so then I just went I'll oh, bugger it and I just started it and um, yeah I'm up to 193 in that episode went out today awesome yeah so you know I'm it's just been so much fun and I have interviewed some really interesting and amazing people and got to know so many amazing people. I'm now sort of going away from the interviewing, doing more just sort of um, coaching stuff on on yeah. the podcast, you know, talking about different things, you know, to help runners and doing some interviews as well, kind of mixing yeah. it up a bit more yeah. now. But um, because I've kind of interviewed all these people that I wanted to, that's the people I had. I, I find a list the other day when I was tidying up of of who I'd wanted to interview and I've, yeah. I've done them all, you know, and it's like, well, where do I go now? So, you know, um, yeah. So at the it's moment, I'm just, yeah, I'm just kind of doing more sort of um, educational sort of ones or reflections on races that Ron and I have done, those sorts of things. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, again, I shall put a link to that so that people can come be inspired by your podcast. <laughs> it sounds awesome to put it on my playlist. Um, yeah. Fantastic. Um, you. Have you, I mean, it seems like a silly question, 
but I often ask if you can remember one moment during a training or a race where everything just flowed that you want that you can reflect on now and I'm sure there's you've got hundreds of them but is there one moment that sort of jumps to the forefront of your mind where everything just flowed well I mean I think you know my first UTA I mean I had some suffer fest moments don't get me wrong but it just everything went right like my legs felt good my feet felt good my stomach was great my mind was great everything just um everything felt good and you know I didn't have a clue what I was doing at that stage I'd never run 100k obviously it was my first 100k um but everything just came together and it was just yeah it just like everything worked yeah and it just felt yeah right yeah it did yeah how like we've touched on it briefly but how do you make your mind strong enough to be running for five six seven eight nine, 10, I don't know how many hours have you run for? <laughs> a long time. Um, I mean, there's no particular guaranteed ways, but, you know, I, I, there are ways and, and, you know, train doing the training, you know, um, <clears throat> making yourself go out when the weather's crap and you couldn't yeah. be bothered. And when you're feeling, and, and when I say, when you're feeling tired and still making yourself go running, this is where knowing your body, it's, the tide of I couldn't be bothered versus the yeah. tide of overtraining, you know, yeah. like you've got to know you're about that too. Yeah. You know, those Cause your body can trick you and make you think, yes. Oh no, I'm limping when I first start running. And yes. if you stop, you're like, well, you wouldn't train. But if you keep going within, you know, hundred meters that you've forgotten about that because it's That's gone, right. whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. Your body kind of, is, it, it, it is a bit lazy and it wants to mm-hmm. stop. Mm-hmm. but you've got to know yourself well enough to know the difference. Yeah. Um, and so making yourself run when you couldn't be bothered or when, you know, other people are going off and doing fun things and you think, oh, I haven't done my training, so I've got to do it. You know, it's it's making yourself do your running in spite of everything else, in spite of wanting to keep sleeping, in spite of the rain, mm-hmm. in spite of the dark. Um, so that always helps. And then, um, you know, pushing yourself hard um to 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 do the long training runs and um you know what I used to do was I used to do um I don't need to do them as much now but what I used to call bonk runs because in cycling it's called bonking when you run out of energy or fuel um is I would you know go for a long long run and then I would I would fuel for the first bit and then I would just stop eating until by the end I'd keep drinking I was really low on fuel so that I could get used to that feeling of feeling like garbage. And I wouldn't do it every week and I don't recommend it Mm -hmm. every week, but every now and again, just doing that kind of run so that you feel what it feels like to run on dead legs. And and when you're not feeling very good and I've been able to, therefore in races, when I'm, my stomach goes south, I've been able to keep running, you know, and wait for the body to come back so I can eat again, but you know, you can run through those feelings then. Mm. Um, Also, just, you know, um, the the mental, you know, side of it is is being prepared, knowing that you're prepared, knowing you've done the work, reflecting on all of that sort of stuff and reflecting on those hard runs when you're out there and you're reflecting on that and you know that you can, um, you know, you've done hard things before so you can do it again. Mm, I love that. Mm. Ah, Now we all need to, um, I thought you were going to tell me a whole bunch of mantras. (laughs) Uh, well I do believe in mantras I'm a big believer in mantras like I always um 
will when things get tough like like some of them like a couple of them so for me one that's really good is remember tomorrow like when you're there and all you want to do is give up and quit <clears throat> remember tomorrow which sounds grammatically incorrect but know that if you quit now when you're feeling crap tomorrow you're going to wake up and go I could have kept going so I want to remember that Mm. tomorrow I'll be feeling fine Mm. therefore I'm not going to give up in this moment of not feeling fine because tomorrow I will regret it so remember tomorrow and keep pushing so so I like that one remember tomorrow and and I'm I do have a lot of mantras and I, I sing songs too you know um and to keep me going and, you know, I feel good, do Lula. I would sing that a lot, you know, I when, I'm that, I would now. <laughs> yeah. when I'm not necessarily feeling good and, and you know, I'll sing that to myself or, mm-hmm. you know, lots mantras are huge for me and um, <clears throat> and songs and music. And, and when things are really hard, I will listen to music and I have certain songs that I've curated, a playlist, you know, of positive songs and, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So you know um I used to run a lot when we were um when I was going through my divorce many many years ago we'd been married a long time anyway um the song that I used to my mum used to say what are you running away from blah 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 she's a therapist um like no I'm running towards my new self but this song this song that always sticks in my head that I used to listen to at that point was respect myself Oh, yes. Yeah. And I would, uh, nice. like, oh, and um, I am woman, hear me roar. Yep. That's <laughs> so was, yes. It had a good beat and I could, yeah. you know, anyway. So yeah. sometimes different seasons, I think, in our lives too, yes. different different mantras and different songs yes. or whatever will help and us through. I used to also listen to a lot of, you know, those positive, uh, on YouTube, you can get those clips of positive affirmations and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I would listen to them oh, <clears throat> and download them. So, I, and they would be interspersed throughout my music while I'm racing. And then these would come on, you know, and oh, would really awesome. help me. Yeah. yeah. That takes a bit of planning. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> Just thinking that's good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, I've kept you a very long time and I think we could probably go for another hour or so, but <laughs> we shouldn't do it <laughs> on you. Um, is there anything about running? In a minute, I'll ask you for some like tips, just some basic yeah. tips for beginners, but is there anything about running that we haven't talked about that you'd like to touch on before we wrap up? No, I, I think we've pretty much covered everything. I think, you know, just the running is awesome. <laughs> do it. <laughs> <The best> sport, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's- Someone famously that's said, it. <laughs> Just do, do it. That's it. right. <laughs> All right, Isabel, any tips for beginner runners? What can you share with us? If someone came to you and said, I want to start running, so they're, these are new, new people, mm. um, what would you suggest to them to start so that they keep going? Well, I mean, you know, it, it depends on how much of a beginner they are. If they're a complete beginner, they would want to start with run, walk. But if yeah. they're a beginner, they've done a little bit of running, it's... Um, <clears throat> Developing that consistency, you know, even if it's just going out for two to five Ks, getting the consistency in rather than one day doing, you know, 10K and then not running again for four days. And then, you know, you're better off to do shorter runs more consistently to build up and strengthen, you know, all your connective tissue and all that sort of stuff and develop that that consistency of I'm a runner, I run, you know, regularly rather than just a weekend warrior who runs occasionally. But, you know, just run easy when you're first starting listen to your body so develop the consistency run easy you don't want to run every run hard you're you're just going to dig yourself into a hole and and it shouldn't be horrible 
run when you're a beginner runner run to just enjoy it for now mm. just run for enjoying and um later when you've developed that base then you can work on speed work and doing all the hard workouts and those sorts of things but you know <clears throat> develop that base first learn to enjoy running for what it's worth and and um then work on the other aspect aspects but yeah get that consistency happening with the, and develop that base i love that um it, when you were talking then one thing that, that struck me was that you know running is medicine we were yes. talking before about and so it's a little bit like brushing our teeth most of us yes. know just how important oral health is and so <laughs> to actually our whole body like everything yes. I think the fact that everything's connected um, yeah, 100%. we don't we don't yeah, think about enough uh, yeah so basically if you can get out and even just run a couple of k get That's yourself nice. to a point uh, and do yeah. that most days then you yeah. won't have to go to the doctor as much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah, obviously as a beginner runner, you'd have more rest days. You wouldn't be running every single day, but just still developing it as a consistent yes. habit, developing the habit like we spoke about mm. and, and making your identity as a runner. And what would a runner do? Well, a runner would go out and run regularly. <laughs> and what you said about the making sure that you enjoy it, I mm. think is a really key factor because yes. none of us, because our bodies are basically lazy because they were originally created where however long ago that and as you as you said you alluded to um our, we need to conserve in, in like our bodies right. are still yeah. the primitive body that energy. needed to conserve energy thousands yeah. of years ago so whenever we can yeah. we try to conserve energy or our body That's tries right. to conserve energy even though we don't need to because we live in this modern world now that's right yes so that's quite a trick us <laughs> anyway, but the joy yeah. thing I think is really important like needing to find a way to enjoy that yeah um and sometimes we've we have talked a little bit about it in podcasts and I'll wrap this up but um realizing that you can enjoy it even when it hurts yes and that's right that and, and to be honest I I almost enjoy my speed work sessions the most mm. maybe not right in the moment but afterwards I think, God, that was awesome. You know, I love, I love the feeling of going fast yes. until it starts hurting. But I really yeah. like that that initial yeah. burst of, fee, of speed when you. But not even knowing that you push through that painful part is is yeah. you know exhilarating too. Yeah, it's true, and so learning to embrace all those moments, I guess, is what yes. we say, um, the good and the bad, because it, I mean, there's so many crazy sayings you can we can say about it. But if you don't do that now, wherever you are in your life it's the likelihood yeah. of you having to endure lots of unpleasant things further on down the track. That's right. Yeah. Very high. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, on that very positive note, <laughs> <laughs> Sim, thank you. You've shared so much awesome stuff. I'm so pleased to have got to meet you and share you with everybody. And thank you for coming on and sharing yourself with us, Isabel. No worries. Thank you so much for asking. I've really enjoyed our chat today. It's been, it's been, like you say, it's got, it's gone for a while, but it's actually gone quick. If you know what I mean, it's been really enjoyable. So thank you. Thank you. Stay on and I'll just say goodbye yeah. to you as well. No worries. Thank you for listening to the Fit Mind Fit Body podcast. I'd love to talk to you about your running journey. So send me a message on Facebook or on the website and let's do it. For a bunch of resources on mindful running that will help you get and stay mentally and physically fit, head over to the website fitmindfitbody.co and I'll see you there. Plus, I'll be back here in your podcast player a few times a week. Hit subscribe now so that you don't miss an episode. 
And before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review. It'll help more people to find the podcast and get inspired to start running. I'll see you soon. Bye.